This is the Side Hustle Show with Nick Loper, episode 52, how to use freelancing to find business ideas and cold showers to find yourself. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. And now your host, Nick Loper. Hey everybody, Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show. This is episode 52, how to use freelancing to find business ideas. You know, I was going to name this how to never get a real job because Nick is a, my guest today, Nick Reese, the really accomplished entrepreneur and, and he reached out to me and here's a funny thing. He says, hey, I've been listening to the show. You've done a lot of how-to episodes with some great tactical stuff on that people can apply. And I said, yeah, that's the idea. You know, if people are going to trade a half hour of their day to listen, I want to make sure they get a good return on that time. And Nick says, hey, that's great. But how about we do, you know, it's been a year into the show. How about we do a mindset episode on the mentality required to be an entrepreneur, especially a side hustle entrepreneur? And I said, hey, that sounds that sounds good. So we set out to record this mindset episode, and we do touch on it. But in our conversation, we uncovered a unique way to use freelancing to uh, in this real ninja way to kind of gain inside market intelligence into a niche and really be able to build something out, build something valuable from that inside experience. And we talk about why Nick's been taking cold showers for the last two years. So stick, stick around for that too. Um, I'm going to, uh, I got, excuse me, I got a couple quick shout outs for a new five-star iTunes reviews. This one's coming in from DaveSurf.com. He says, everyone should have a side hustle going on. He says, I've had side hustles going on for 30 years and I wish this podcast had been, had been around to help me back then. Dave, thank you so much for that. And we got another one from Jarvis 84 He says, hacking my day job, five stars. I found a way to be twice as productive while working my day job. I'm very busy in the mornings loading trucks and I'm able to listen to this podcast while I load at the same time. So Jay, do not get in trouble uh, at your day job, but happy to provide some, uh, some inspiration and information for you while you're working. I love it. Thank you so much for those. And if you want to leave your own review, sidehustlenation.com slash iTunes is the place to go. Anyways, let's get right into the call with Nick. Hey, Nick, welcome to the Side Hustle Show. Dude, thanks for having me, Nick. So guys, Nick Reese is a serial entrepreneur, a hustler, an author, and really a brilliant marketing mind. You can find him at nicholasreese.com and microbrandmedia.com. So Nick, thank you so much for uh, for joining us. So let's start off, like, what's your deal? What should Side Hustle Nation know about Nick? Uh, well, I, I, I've listened to a lot of the past podcasts, like I was saying, and, and basically... I don't fit the, the exact mold where I had a side hustle, but I have failed a lot. Um, my, my first two business ventures failed horribly, and then I have lived to tell about it and gone on to start several other successful businesses. And now I've coached 109 or 110 entrepreneurs one-on-one that have all gone uh, on to build uh, businesses over $100,000 a year. So today I, I would really love to share some insights about uh basically like doing the uncomfortable and, and making that leap. I think that's where I can really add the most value to Side Hustle Nation. Very cool. Let's dig into uh, those first few failures. So what was, like, why do you think those businesses failed and what propelled you to keep going and kind of dust, your, dust yourself off and try the next thing? So my first business was a t-shirt company and this was back in 2006 and I was like most college students at the time and I realized that selling t-shirts could be fun. It was a, a, it was a good way to maybe kind of get into the popular crowd and kind of make some t-shirts that looked awesome. 
I went to the University of Central Florida at the time, and I, I started making shirts that had knights on them. And at the time, uh, UCF was the UCF Golden Knights. Okay. And what's interesting is the shirts had UCF Knight on them, which is basically uh, an individual would, would be a UCF Knight instead of a plural Knights. Sure. So that was my, my, whole, my whole spiel on them. And I talked to a trademark attorney, and he said that I, I should, I'm like kind of in a gray area. And uh, looking back, I really was. And I remember I, I had just I just placed a huge order for a bunch of shirts, and the shirts were like flying off the shelves. I couldn't keep them in, in my dorm room and sell them fast enough, okay? Or, or like keep them in stock. And basically, long story short, I got a, a note about six months, nine months into this business, that from Student Legal Services or, or from from the college that I, I went to, and. Basically, they sent me a cease and desist because UCF was changing their name from UCF Golden Knights to UCF Knights. And so I was forced with this decision. Do I basically I, I took the note to uh, student legal services and I was like, so what does this really mean? Like, it looks like I'm getting sued by by the UCF, by my own and, school. And they're like, because we because we're funded by the school, we can't help you with this. And so basically uh, it, it got expedited and it got the attention of the right people and Basically, I was forced with a decision where I was. It was recommended that I go off and find a different college or shut down the business. Wow! And so I decided to shut down the business, and that was like my first spectacular failure. And then, yeah. But it didn't turn you off from the world of of entrepreneurship. You kept plugging away. What was what no. was next? <laughs> what was next is I wanted to start uh, basically a delivery company, like an online order ordering company, where you could basically order online and. We would deliver it to you. I, I, I didn't know how it was going to work, but we found this company, my friend and I, that was setting up franchises for college students that could basically run their system in their town and make a couple thousand dollars a month. And I was like, this will be a great side hustle for college. And we're about $1,000 into legal fees. Uh, I'd spent all the money I made on the t-shirt company. And then I realized it just wasn't a good idea and we backed out. So it took my third business before I, I finally had something profitable on my hands. And what, what business was that? So my third business, I did email marketing for real estate. And I kind of stumbled into it. And the story is kind of long. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if you want to go into to the actual story. Well, let's, but, st- let's step back and say, where, you, where do you come up with these ideas? I think a lot of side hustlers or aspiring side hustlers are trying to figure out what's, um, you know, what business idea should I pursue or how should I come up with a business idea? What can I figure out? What can I sell? You know? Totally understand. Yeah. So the, the biggest takeaway from that story without going into it is with it, within any business, dysfun- dysfunction represents opportunity. And how I ended up starting and realizing that email marketing could even be an opportunity was I, I was working as a, basically an intern slash marketing coordinator within this luxury real estate firm. And there was a part of their business that I found very frustrating. And I'm really good at automating things and building systems. And there's a part of it that I just couldn't automate. We were using an outside company at the time. And it, it just really frustrated me that uh, there was like four or five different uh, revision cycles. And it just wasn't fast enough. And so I decided to go home and make a, a simpler, more streamlined system. And long story short, that, that system ended up becoming uh, a business that I, I ended up scaling to th- throughout college and, and past college. Well, so I think you, you, your quote on dysfunction represents opportunity is a really, really good one to to come up with those business ideas. If you see something that's broke, or you say so, there's got to be a better way. Um, you know, then that's kind of when the light bulb starts to go off for you. 
Definitely, definitely. And, and, and for me personally, anytime I, I feel frustrated by a specific element in my business, I know that there's opportunity there. Because frustration often represents that there's, there's something that's dysfunctional, is, is what I found. And, and every business that, I, that I've built or people that I've worked with, almost every single time that there's like a reoccurring frustration, often there is an opportunity to streamline that process. And if you're encountering it in your business, chances are someone else is also encountering it. So if that frustration is a valuable frustration to solve, it might be a, a good business idea. So how do you recommend people get started? If they're, uh, you know, what's the best way for somebody to, to start earning money outside of their nine to five job? Is it, you know, getting a second job? Is it freelancing? What do you, what do you recommend people get started with? Well, I really think that there's a pretty standard pattern that if you look across um, biographies or you look at anyone that's really hustling right now and having a lot of success, the pattern is start freelancing. So the world, I believe the world trains us to be specialized in one specific thing. Um, basically, yeah, you go to high school, you, you get a specific set of skills. You continue your education, whether that's vocational or in college, and you get a different set of skills. Um, when you're building your side hustle, you get another set of skills. And each one of those, you're basically sharpening uh, your skills to be very specialized to solve a specific type of problem. Now, what I find is... Uh, if, if you start freelancing with those specific skills that you've basically honed in on, you're able to work in multiple different businesses that allow you to basically see other people's dysfunctions. So if, if I was starting out today, and, and the advice that I recommend to almost everyone is to start out freelancing. And then from there, move into building a solution that solves a lot of the, the, the problems or dysfunctions that you find along the way. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes. T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. 
And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How does freelancing, let's talk about that transition from freelancing to building the solutions. I think of freelancing as kind of uh, labor intensive. If somebody is a freelance copywriter or a freelance photographer or a freelance graphic designer, um, you know, that involves their direct input to deliver to their client. So what would be an example of kind of scaling that to, uh, to a solution or to kind of a, a more service-based or a product-based business, I guess. So, so basically, what you're going to find is I I find when I when I talk to freelancers, what they do is they're often working with a vast, a broad base of clients. So t- typically, they'll have like a lawyer, maybe a dentist, maybe a, a cosmetologist, or whoever they're working with, and and they're solving different problems in every single business. And the reason, and I and I think that's the the first problem is you're you're not solving like a specific set of problems for a specific set of people. So what you're going to find is as you work with different businesses, you're you're going to start identifying different opportunities within each of them. But if you're working with, let's just say, you only do graphic design for lawyers, or you only do copywriting for lawyers, then you're much better set up to to say, okay, I am now an expert after I've worked with ten to twenty uh, different lawyers. These are the problems that they have, and this is where their dysfunction is. What product can I make for them then? And I, and I think just that mindset of specializing in a very specific market is key to success as a freelancer. And I, I think far too many people are afraid to basically niche themselves down or lose out on potential other customers, but it's, it's really limiting their, their upside to find those really valuable uh, solutions. And so... I mean, the story that I would always reference is uh, my email marketing one. Like, I would have never realized that uh, that there was even this solution, or, or that there was even this problem, and I could offer a solution to multiple real estate companies if I hadn't have worked inside one and knew that knew it inside and out. And I and I think when you're freelancing, because I've I've done some like freelance web design when I was in college, it's really easy to see it from the outside and, and just say, okay, I'm just solving this problem for the business. But if you're doing that freelancing work, it's understanding why they want you to solve that problem and what business metrics solving this problem is impacting. And if you can do that effectively, wow, like the opportunities that you'll start uncovering are super, super clear. And so to give you a more tangible example, um, I had worked with, um, I can't really say the industry because the NDA is years old, but anyways, I, I, I was working in a, basically the, it was a type of farming We'll just say that. And I, I realized that there was um, basically every state has this agency that's a not-for-profit agency that's made to represent the interests of this specific type of agriculture. Okay. And what I found is all of them have the same problems. And, it's, and while I was doing web design for them, I only did two web design websites ever in my life for other people. But w- what I realized is both of them had the same problem. They had to not only keep their farmers updated with what they were doing to protect their their interests, but also have an external media voice. And I was able to identify some very tangible results. And I, and I hate that I can't go into more specifics on it, but um, I, I was very close to packaging up a solution and selling it to the corporate um, body that represented all of the other not-for-profits. And so I guess what I'm saying is 
if, if you can find a very specific uh, business type and then find out if other business types within that have similar problems, if not the identical one, then you have a business that you can productize, if that makes sense. No, that does make sense. Kind of putting uh, putting on the you know freelancing hat almost as like I'm going to um, you know get in the trenches and kind of learn the ins and outs of this specific business, and then kind of putting on your entrepreneur hat and your problem solving hat to say what's what's the bigger picture um, you know value add that you know why are they hiring me in the first place and what you know what can we do to address that? I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's like paid scouting. Basically, I look, I, I look at, at freelancing as paid scouting. And especially if you, if you nail your branding and you nail your positioning. Like right now, I'm writing a, a whole like PDF on that that's going to be free actually on, uh, on positioning and how freelancers can position themselves more effectively in their business to not only raise their prices, but also to get more clients that they want to work with. And when I talk with freelancers, a lot of people think, oh, like there's two different types. There's people who are who are freelancing on some sort of freelancing website, such as Odesk or Elance or Freelancer, or there's, there's people that, that are trying to just build a website and drive traffic to that website. And in both cases, it is far more important that you specialize than anything. And so if, if, if you look at the, the freelance copywriter or the, the, the translator, for example, um, when you look at them, and no, no matter what model they're going, whether they're, whether they're doing it on, on Elance or one of the, the freelancing websites or they're building their own business, if they specialize in a very specific uh, segment of the market, it's really easy for them to position themselves as an expert. And so I know this is kind of a tangent from what we, we originally talked about, but I think this is important. And so like if, if I was doing this as uh, a translator, because my wife is from Spain, and I make sure that a lot of my videos are translated into Spanish. We work with a translator, and w- w- what I found is it's is it's how the words are translated are, is is really important. And so I'll give you a tangible example. Just recently, my wife and I went and saw the monuments, the monuments men, and it's like one of my favorite movies I've ever seen. And we encouraged her family to go see it in Spain, and uh, it's it's basically about World War II and how this this group of art enthusiasts go over, join the military to try to protect uh, the world's art. Okay. And it's got a lot of uh, different parts about um, like how the Jewish people were impacted. My wife's family's Jewish. And what's interesting is in, in Spain, whoever did the translation of the actual dubbing where it was dubbed didn't have the, the storyline didn't have the same impact because they, they chose to use different words that had different meanings. And so as someone who, who understands both languages, I, I find it incredibly important and something that almost every single transcriptionist that I've talked to has, has left out is understanding the ins and outs of both languages, not just transcribing it into another language. Right. It's like the, the context and the kind of the bigger overarching meaning versus just like word for word. It's right, like what, what Google Translate is, you know, technically proficient, but kind of misses some of the nuances. Exactly. And there's this really, really powerful scene where they, they just discovered all this art and they're like going through this bucket of gold teeth and they're like running their hands through, through the teeth. And in English is like, these are all the Jewish lives that, that are impacted. These are Jewish people's teeth. Okay. And, and because there's no words that are like the, the person that's saying that isn't on camera in Spanish, there's nothing there besides someone running his hand through the teeth. Hmm. And it's just so, it has such a different impact. And, and, I, I guess what I'm saying is if, if you can frame your services in a way that says, like, if I'm doing translating, 
I understand both sides. I understand English fluently and I understand Spanish fluently. And I'm going to make sure that your message doesn't, it has the same power. It doesn't lose part of its message in the translation process. And I think that's especially important. And I think you can do that in any sort of freelancing uh, vertical. And I think that's hugely important. So if I'm the, you know, free, I'm the copywriting guy for, for attorneys, um, I understand that both the copywriting side and the legal business side. And that way, you know, I'm the best, the best fit for your job where everybody else is just kind of a, a free agent. They, they'll, free, they'll copyright for anybody. They don't care who it is. But, you know, I'm the guy to, for this specific, specific niche. Exactly. And then after you've worked with enough attorneys, you're going to start realizing that, like, they have a specific problem. And then how you can transition to solve that problem with a product or service is key. Gotcha. Uh, tell me about cold shower therapy. This sounds horrible. <laughs> so a, a few years ago, I had just gotten back from South America. I was traveling down there for like 56 days. I'd been to three countries and I came back to the United States. I was stoked uh, to keep, continue working on my business. I'd been distracted while I was down there. And I was about 20 pounds overweight. And I was in the worst shape of my life, by far the worst shape of my life. And I was like, I've got to get my, my life in, in order and I got, got to get my business in order. And on, on the side, I also had traveled to South America with a, with a girl that I knew who absolutely wasn't right for me, but I didn't have the courage to break up with her. Okay. And so when we got back to Austin, basically I, I started taking cold showers because I knew about the thermodynamics of water. And essentially how that works is your body spends a lot of energy when it's heating itself up. And so if you cool your, down, your body down rapidly it forces yourself to spend energy to heat that up. And, and this can be several hundred calories just per cold shower. And uh, if you're interested, Google the thermodynamics of water. No, I've, was, heard, uh, I've heard of this. I've heard like, like swimmers burn more calories because they're, they're burning some, some calories exercising, but they're also burning some more like keeping themselves warm in the pool. Yeah, and, and that's exactly it. Because I used to be a competitive swimmer. That's how I was familiar, oh, okay. was familiar with it. And, and so... Long story short, basically, I the, the first day, I, I'm like, I'm going to take a cold shower. I'm going to take a cold shower. I'm like psyching myself up. I'm excited to get in there and like turn on the water, so to speak. And I noticed myself spending like the, the three or four or five minutes procrastinating, like realizing, oh, well, I don't know if this is really going to work. This is going to be uncomfortable. Is it worth it? Is it not worth it? And then finally, I just realized at some point, I'm going to turn on the water or I'm not. And I walked up. And I turned on the water and it was painful. I like screamed like Tarzan. I was like, ah, like just, just going all out. And I, and I let the water hit me and rush over me. And I was like, wow, this sucks. This sucks. I, I'm like trying, trying to do a five minute shower. And like all the voices in my head are like, oh, this doesn't really work. This isn't good. This isn't good. Blah, blah, blah. And I, I turned off the water and I had failed. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. And so I remember like almost a feeling of defeat just being like, why did I turn off the water? I didn't actually want to turn off the water. I was just really uncomfortable. So you're doing and this remember, primarily as a, as a way to burn calories, not for any like <laughs> reason like I just feel like I should take a cold shower. What's, what's, the, what's the reasoning behind it? Well, the reasoning was purely to lose weight. But okay. over the years, it has transformed into basically something that represents taking a cold shower is – is doing something that you know you should be doing because it has benefits for you or your business, but it's going to be uncomfortable. So you, so you learn to realize, or you, you learn to see how you act in uncomfortable situations. Uh, cold showers for me have come to represent the thing that's been on the to-do list for months that somehow I haven't gotten the courage up to, to just do. Or it's, it's that difficult phone call, I just need to pick up the phone 
and have that conversation. And over the years, I've challenged, I've challenged hundreds of people. And right now, there's, there's several hundred people going through a cold shower challenge that I, that I run. It's like a 30-day challenge where every day you take cold showers. And you get really comfortable understanding how you act when you're faced with an uncomfortable situation. And I think it's the perfect metaphor for entrepreneurs as they're going through and building their business. Because taking risks isn't comfortable. And often you're going to be faced with outside uh, challenges. They're going to have people that want you to stay the same and not evolve. And I really think that by far it's the most powerful metaphor out there. Um, def- if, if you're interested in cold showers, definitely check out uh, Joel Runyon's cold shower uh, TED Talk. And then I also have a full guide on my website and a 30-day autoresponder that will walk you through how to go through it. But yeah, Joel's uh, Joel's site or the uh, the Impossible blog was where I first heard about this, and I was like, "Man, what is this? Is this worth it? Like, what <laughs> is it worth the pain? Like, what what's the uh, what's the end goal of this? But more just from the the mindset of, you know, if I can if I can handle this, you know, first thing in the morning, I'm ready to tackle the rest of the day, like from that sort of thing, or just kind of getting, like you said, getting comfortable with the uncomfortable." Yeah, totally. And, and, and I think it's, it's huge. And Joel has done a really, really good job of bringing awareness to it. Um, it's funny because he actually tells the story of how when I, I basically when I first got on this kick of taking cold showers, I know I kind of cut the story in half. But basically, I, I, I started realizing that I was afraid that the same excuses I had about turning on the cold water were the same excuses for why I wasn't growing my business, why I wasn't losing weight and why I hadn't gotten out of that long term bad relationship. And after seven days of realizing that and, tar- and starting to take uh, cold showers, I started being like, look, I've got all these cold showers, metaphorical cold showers in my life everywhere. I just need to actually take control and just all it takes is reaching your hand out and turning on the cold water and realizing, yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable, but I'm going to survive. And in 2011, I, like, I, I, I totally overhauled my life. And that's when I met Joel in a bar at South by Southwest or at South by Southwest at okay. WDS. Oh, okay. And, and, and he was like, he was like, I want to start a business. And I'm like, you're not going to start a business because you're scared to be uncomfortable. <laughs> that, that was like the first thing, those were the first words out of my mouth. <laughs> and, and we were drinking beers and I was like, I was like, you know what? If you want to start a business, do this. Take 30 days of cold showers and I guarantee you, you'll start your business. You'll quit your job within a year and, and you're going to go on to be pretty successful. I'm like, if you're willing to take 30 days of cold showers and be uncomfortable by yourself alone in your own shower, you can handle anything. All right. You can, well, <laughs> you can mentally set yourself up to handle anything. And if you look at Joel, he has taken off because of that. And absolutely, uh, I'm like really thrilled with with how far he's gone with that. Well, uh, let's put this out to the side hustle nation listeners. If I'll, I'll do it, if you do it, uh, I'm I'm willing to take this 30 day uh, cold shower challenge. If uh, if a couple people will join me in uh, in the pain, and I think it'll be good for uh, for everybody's business. Awesome. Awesome. I actually have, uh, a, like I said, a, a free 30 day autoresponder. It's at nicholasreese.com, N I C H O L A S R E E S E.com slash cold dash showers. And uh, basically, it walks you through kind of like how metaphors can change your life. And then it, wa- it gives you a daily exercise to think about. And then, along with some other metaphors that can be like insanely powerful, like one of my favorite emails in that series is it talks about basically the craftsman mindset. And there's a, there's a story because I've been taking cold showers now for, I'm somewhere in my 500, 500 and something cold shower. I've lost count. Oh, okay. So and, this is something you continued well beyond the 30 days. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've, I've, I've only taken a break because, uh, like a couple of times because my, my wife thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> um, when, when it's snowing outside or when it's, when it's under 10 degrees Fahrenheit, I, I'm not allowed to take a cold shower in her, in her eyes because basically I did it in New York City for a little while sure. and I, I started like almost, uh, it was a little bit too cold and I was going too long. I was in there for like, I was taking like seven minute cold showers when it was, when the water was like at 30, 34 degrees or so Oof. when it was coming out of the, the, the spigot. And yeah, so that sounds like a recipe for hypothermia, man. <laughs> yeah. So I, I wouldn't recommend doing it. So basically I, the, the thing I recommend is if it's snowing outside, don't take a really long cold shower. <laughs> take a cold shower, get clean, but like realize your health is more important than like proving that like this <laughs> metaphor is powerful, which I, I, I could be a little stubborn. Okay. So, um, but yeah, basically there's, there's an email in that series that talks about like the craftsman mindset that I think is insanely powerful for entrepreneurs. It's called the blacksmith. Um, so if you sign up, I think you'll really get a lot out of it. A lot of people have written in and said they have got it. We've actually got a community and I'd love the side hustle nation community to kind of get in on it. And it's awesome. Yeah. We'll, uh, it's pretty we'll, powerful. we'll link you up to that in the, uh, in the show notes for sure. Awesome. If you travel a lot for work or for a vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. So Nick, what what do you think is kind of like the most important skills <clears throat> aside from taking cold showers for, for side hustlers to learn or to practice um, kind of outside of their uh, outside of their nine to five? Often, if you look at what science says is actually fulfilling like where people get fulfillment out of their jobs. It isn't when they're following their passion. It's when they're on their journey towards mastery. So if there was a skill that I think side hustlers should develop, I think, I think it would be a skill of figuring out how your current skills can solve a high impact or high value business need for other businesses and then transition into to freelancing. Um, I, I think this idea of basically dropping everything and going to become a yoga teacher I mean, it, it's, it's exciting and that's, that's awesome. And it, and you can be passionate about it, but when you look at over the, the, the story arc of someone's lifetime, often where they derive the most fulfillment, and if you talk with older people, uh, on their deathbed or in a nursing home, the things they're most proud of are often things that w- didn't come easy and they, maybe they weren't passionate at, at first about it's often the things that they decided, Hey, I'm going to become the best in the world at this. Or I'm going to become really, really good at this and I'm going to have mastery and like towards that skill. And that's like kind of the journey. And so I, I really think the ability to not only take the skills that you currently have mastered or are on your way to mastering, I think, I think your ability to, to find the high impact or high value problems that you can solve, that those skills can solve in other businesses, it's by far the most powerful thing anyone with a side hustle or looking to start their own thing can do. 
it reminds me of the, like the Jiro dreams of sushi, right? It's like, you know, is he is he passionate about sushi or is he passionate about it because he's like, you know, become considered the best in the world? Like he's like, you know, mastered the art of, you know, brushing on the just the perfect amount of soy sauce and all this other stuff. Exactly. And if 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 you if you look at kids who like start doing something, right? And so like for me, like I was really into video games. But I was into video games not so much because they were fun, but because I was good at them. If I kind of look back at it, you know what I mean? Like video games are fun, but often the things that we are good at have some sort of social value to them. And so mastering those skills is, is, is valuable. And I, and I think if you can find out whatever you were passionate as a kid or, or whatever you're passionate about today or you're really good at, find out where that value is and, and, and figure out that mastery is the actual enjoyable part and you get better at things that you are good at as you go i like that i like that that's uh, something we haven't really talked about on the show so that's really good uh nick if you only had let's say you're working full-time if you only have an hour a day to work on your business how are you going to spend that time i would be looking for the tiny tweaks in your marketing that can just multiply your message and a good example of this was specifically within the email business i went through and added a small logo that went down at the very bottom of the, the like the email next to the unsubscribe box, like basically the button where you click the for unsubscribe. Okay, and that that one logo brought me in more business than anything else I did in my marketing because basically I was sending out emails to other real, realtors from realtors, and then when I realized that everyone wanted to know who was sending out these emails, and my business logo was down there, oh, I got more business from that than anything, and that and so I I, I think. If you only have an hour to work on your business, you should be spending other time reflecting on what are your high impact gains. And so there's, there's lots of, it's really easy to give into the, the advice online that says, oh, you, you should be doing social media, or you should be doing SEO, or you should be doing this. But everyone's business is different. And if it, more than likely, as I'm saying this, people listening have something that they know they should be doing in their business, but they've been putting off. Spend that hour doing that. And just taking action on it. Turn on the cold water. Turn on that cold water, baby. <laughs> go after there and, and chase that idea. I love it, Nick. Any uh, any parting words of wisdom? Any uh, last minute advice for uh, for the side hustlers? Side hustlers. On your journey, give yourself artistic freedom. I, I think that's one of the most powerful things I've learned recently. Is I've been implementing a, a daily writing uh, exercise where basically I'm writing a thousand to two thousand words, and I find when I'm stuck with uh, writer's block or I'm stuck at a roadblock, if I just realize that that internal critic within me that's saying, oh, you should have used this word here, you should have used that word there, that's only within me. No one's going to be really understanding, oh, you, you should, that, that idea could have been expressed differently. And the same thing goes for your life. Like, Give yourself the room to make mistakes because often those mistakes can lead to opportunities that you would never have expected before. Excellent stuff. Uh, Nick, thanks so much, everybody. NicholasReese.com, Reese with a uh, with an S. Awesome. Thanks awesome. for having me. Hey, thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. And there you have it. Okay, who's with me for the cold shower challenge? Now, remember in episode 50, 
uh, when I was recapping all the advice I got from my 49 awesome guests up to that point and, uh, and how Miran uh, Bereke, his advice was to ask, go to Starbucks, ask for a 10% discount. Well, to avoid that horribly awkward and uncomfortable situation, the, uh, the cold shower thing is an uncomfortable situation you can put yourself in in the privacy of your own home. And Miran's whole point was to do something that makes you uncomfortable because in business, you'll be doing things every day that you've never done before, facing new challenges, solving new problems. That's what it's all about. So Nick and I, uh, we recorded this episode a couple months ago in early March, and I was like, "What the heck? I'll give it a shot. If if, if nothing else, I'll get I'll get a blog post out of it." And uh, that's how I look at a lot of things these days. Uh, so so I've been on the cold shower kick for about two and a half months, and and honestly, I'm a little worried to break the streak right now because call it a placebo, but but business is moving in the right direction. Things are going better than they were before I started it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I encourage you to try it out. And when you do, be sure to report back here. It's uh, sidehustlenation.com slash episode 52. And I'll also have a post um, on my cold shower experience in the next week or so on the blog. And we've got a couple unfair advantages living in California because it's never really that cold. But um, <laughs> that's what it's all about. I, I, I really think you'll like it. Um, Try it out and, and let me know how it goes. That's it for the show. Until next time, go out there, make something happen, turn on that cold water, and I'll see you next week in episode 53. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com. <laughs>